If you were born between 1969 and 1984, you are a part of the 65 million Gen Xers. And you've just found your new family. Welcome to the Carolina Underground. Gen X perspectives on rapidly changing technology, history, media, politics. How they come together and influence every aspect of daily life. The world we were raised in has ceased to exist, but we haven't. Let's do it. Welcome to the Carolina Underground. Now your hosts, Mark and Mike. Yo, 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 we're back again live from the Replica Bat Cave and the High Low Country Junior okay. Bat Cave. Junior Bat Cave, come on now. <laughs> Bat Cave in training. <laughs> All right, I'll let you have that one tonight. You're in rare form, sir. Ooh, and I ain't even started drinking yet or smoking ganja. Uh, well... <laughs> good to have a goal it is <laughs> you know i was perusing the news trying to stay away from politics you know the elephant mm. in the room we'll touch on it later because i'm probably going to piss some people off with that one but uh Uh-oh. just listen and cool your jets for a little bit and i'll get to pissing y'all all off later okay. <laughs> well i said i did see something of, that i thought was pretty doggone interesting today What's you know that, that Great big old James Webb telescope, right? Yeah. Um, it, it's out there and peering further into the dark blackness of space than now, anything has ever peered. Now, wait yep. a minute. My wife says that's a hoax. That's not real because the earth is well, flat. And you know what? The one that when people tell me stuff that I don't necessarily agree with or, you know, or, or, or they contradict science mm-hmm. at this point in my life, I've just basically started going, you know what? You may be right. Well, you know what? I told you, may her, not. who knows? Go ahead. I said, darling, I don't think your brain has any wrinkles in it. <laughs> <laughs> well, regardless of the wrinkliness of her brain. So the James Webb, right? So it basically looks at the, one of the things that it looks at is the red shift on galaxies okay because things it's the doppler effect if things are moving towards you then light gets compressed into shorter wavelength and becomes more blue if it's moving further away from you it gets the light waves get stretched out and it becomes more red i mean you can hear that you know of course you know that in in sound for people that don't know the the doppler effect that's why race cars when they drive by you go you know so and of course train whistles and stuff like that but i'm not gonna go into trying to mimic all of those regardless so they they're looking at basically one of the things they're looking for with the web scope web telescope is the origins of the universe and one of the things they're doing is they're looking at the red shift on the 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 galaxies with the fur the greatest red shift are the ones that are furthest away and they found up a, a whole bunch of really interesting stuff that contradicts everything that we believed about the origin of the universe and the big bang theory mm-hmm. and these oldest um these oldest galaxies 
are they they're not hot they're they're well, very very cold i want to interject one thing here right now you're talking about the big bang theory mm-hmm. but the big bang theory proves creation because god spoke and it was then that it was a created <laughs> so well it 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 goes along it it does go along with it but i mean there's a whole lot i mean again that's a great thing about a theory is a theory cannot ever be proven it remains a theory forever it can only be disproven, okay? Um, but, it, yeah, it, no, it, I, and I don't disagree. It's hypothetical. Right, hypothetical. Hi, hypothetical. I was close. So, at any rate, <laughs> but the bottom line with those is that what they discovered is that they're the greatest component was dark matter, which, of course, is the, 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 one, the, the thing in the universe that we understand the least. Right. was the largest component around well, it's at awful, the beginning of the universe. Well, and it's also quite volatile, is it not? Well, that's what they kind of were saying is that they're, they they have these dark matter stars that they're very cold, but the dark matter, when it clumps up in that large of an amount, it does generate heat and gravity and all of that stuff that, that breaks up you know, large elements into small elements and small elements into large elements. So, you know, it, it, it does the same function. We just don't understand how, because the only way that we can make sense out of a, out of a star is if it's fission based instead of dark matter based. So, you know, I mean, again, it's, it's like I say all the time, we really don't, you know, when you, when you really, when you really become a scientist and really start to learn what it is you're looking at, you come to the realization that there is so much more that we don't know than, than what we know that we really shouldn't be making any kind of absolute statements <laughs> about much of anything. Right. <laughs> Which is why, like I said, that's like, you know what? You may be right. I've got good friends that are intelligent people that are absolute hardcore flat earthers. So, and you know, some of them wish would just never open their mouths. That's true too, but I, I won't go to now. Some, another thing I saw not too terribly long ago is that they have found a genetic component to vegetarianism and veganism. They, that people who, was it? Was it? Is it called stupidity? Well, I don't know, but it's they it, the people that stick with those kinds of diets have three genetic markers that very commonly show up. Well, you know, my doctor one time because you know I I'm a big old boy. I enjoy food. I enjoy mm-hmm. a lot of food, a lot of I different understand. kinds. I have had dinner with you at the Brazilian <laughs> Steakhouse. I'm very well aware. Ooh, we need to go back there. But Roger you know, my that. doctor one time told me that if I was going to lose weight, because I said, well, you know, maybe I'll just eat salads and stuff like that. And he said, well, he said, for your blood type, that's not what you want to do. He said, because for your blood type, your whatever he said it was, I don't forgot what he, what he called it now, but he said you would be better off doing more of like a protein diet than like anything keto. else. Well, yes and no, but he was basing that not necessarily you eating some vegetables, but the protein is the most important part from meat. So I, it, it very well could be, you know, genetic on based on what you 
have to well, eat to lose weight to keep your body metabolism and stuff going. There's all, I mean, they've, they've been talking about that stuff. There was a thing called the Hawaii diet back in, oh my goodness, I want to say the late seventies that it came out where somebody was looking at Samoan, the Samoan culture, the Samoans, the Samoans, uh, as I understand it, are still the largest people on the planet on average. But one of the things is they looked at the, the, the Hawaiian natives and whatnot that, and, and there's a pretty significant epidemic of obesity among native Hawaiians. And the reason is that they are predisposed to having very poor nutrition. A lot of the stuff that they eat is based on taro root, which has a lot of bulk, a lot of fiber and very little nutrition. So they had to eat a lot of it mm-hmm. to get enough nutrition. With all that fiber though, I bet they regular. Well, they probably were, but I uh, wasn't going down that particular rabbit hole. Hey, um, if you, it's, it's funny though, you know, it's going, I'm going to go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> I was afraid of that. <laughs> But I'm not going to talk about Samoans because, you know, if okay. you, if it's really interesting how we kind of sanitize conversations and stuff like that, because back in the old days, if you particularly during the Civil War era and leading up to the Civil War, if you read the letters that people write or wrote to each other, the most important news they could share was how regular their bowels were. And how, Are you but, kidding me? No, That's I mean they something would, I never knew. Yeah, they ahead. would literally talk about that because obviously that was a sign of good health and stuff well, like that. So there's all there's always a thing in there to where they talk about how their their stomach's doing good or their bowels are doing good or something like that. It's it's actually kind of interesting. And well, there's I, a lot of truth to that. I mean, you know, there's more there are more nerve endings in your gut than there are in your brain. So, you know, that's one of the things that they talk about, the gut feeling and, and stuff. And like my that. wife's brain ain't got no wrinkles, so that's for sure true. <laughs> right. So, at any rate, the bottom line was that that was the whole genetically that these people were predisposed. And, I mean, there's a lot of sense to that if you if you believe in natural selection at all, uh, which is the, the science is pretty valid or, you know, it's very sound silent science behind the, uh, behind natural selection. And I don't think it, uh, I don't think it at all in its pure form contradicts anything that's in uh, the biblical narratives. But, um, you know, I mean, it, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that human beings sprang from an ape or anything like that, but, uh, we had a, uh, may have had a common ancestry and no matter what happens, the, um, the species, if you're not well adapted to where you live, you die. I mean, well, that's, that's usually the way it works. Yeah. And if you don't believe that, try to live underwater for a week or two. Or just try to dive into the Titanic. Yep, exactly. It's it's crushing. It is crushing. That is true. (laughs) I think it still may be too soon for that dude. (laughs) That's cheap, Pete. Okay. All right. Today is Friday the 13th. Can you believe it? It is Friday the 13th. Now, do you know also that the 13th was actually considered a lucky number until uh, around the time that the church decided to demonize 
um, women healers, which is where the witches came from. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was when black cats were actually considered to be uh, uh, lucky and fortunate during, you know, before that time as well. That's interesting. Little fact. I am, was excited for today for a completely and entirely different reason. All right. Please do tell. Today. I'm on the edge of my seat. The, how the Grinch stole Christmas video game was released today. Oh, wow. On various platforms to play. I haven't got to play it yet. Uh, I have mentioned to my sister that I would like this game, so I'm not going to get to play it because she bought it for me for Christmas, but I'm not going to get it till Christmas. So, Well, I can understand that. Well, it's just kind of annoying. No, I, I got you. I can understand that as well. And today was supposed to be Jihad Day. We're going to go ahead and segue into the elephant in the room. Go go ahead, my friend. All right. Roll on. We all know, unless you've been living under a rock, that Hamas attacked Israel. Uh Pretty sure that Iran and Jordan and some of these other countries, Lebanon and stuff, probably at least knew that it was going to happen or had a hand in it. Uh And... I am really kind of amazed at the moral, at the attempt of moral equivalency trying to make the Jewish people Mm -hmm. out to be the bad guys because they are exercising their right to defend themselves. So you're telling me if you go and kill a baby and cut its head off, you're okay, but if you protect somebody or killing somebody to stop them from cutting your baby's head off, it's your problem. And all this, oh. stuff, wait a minute, I'm not done. This is this nope, is going to be. Ahead. We go. I'm cooking with gas tonight, so we're going right. to go a long time. And I want you to email in because I want to show you, particularly if you think Hamas and the Palestinian people are right, I'll show you how much of a fucking idiot you really are. Well, before you dive into that any further, of course, we've got our own government doing the same thing. If you burn down a police station rioting for a uh, convicted or you know, for, for a thug who uh, died as a result of uh, fentanyl and methamphetamine poisoning in his system enough to kill an ele- you know, a, a, a person three times his size, I won't go to an elephant then you're mostly peaceful. But if you march to the Capitol and essentially take an unauthorized tour of the Capitol building, you're an insurrectionist. Now, I'm not saying that there weren't some people that didn't cut up during that point, but uh, the vast majority of the people that went to jail were not doing anything. But go ahead. And, and of course, Kyle Rittenhouse was, uh, you know, was, was they attempted to convict Kyle Rittenhouse of the crime of self-defense. Well, and they're also suing him now. He's, I think he's oh, also they are. Is the, uh, is getting sued civilly for a wrongful I death think. or one of the oh. victim's families or something. Okay. But, well, uh, well, but here's my thing. If, if. If it's if you can't be if you were found not guilty criminally, you shouldn't be able to be sued civilly for the same thing. That's just stupid. 
Well, they shouldn't be able to get away with it either because the, the, the evidence is that the man tried to kill him. But go back to your – go ahead. All right, let, 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 let's talk yeah. about this. Back to Hamas. Go Hamas ahead. and Gaza. And Israel. Mm-hmm. And Israel. IDF. IDF. All the way, baby. Blue and white right here. I'll stand with Israel. I'll go over there and fight for them. Mm-hmm. No, I'm with you. Uh, but they talk about how Israel are the imperialist. Israel is this. Israel is that. There has not been a Jewish foot in Gaza since the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. The Palestinian people voted for Hamas to do it, mm-hmm. yep. to, to govern. Mm-hmm. Hamas obviously didn't govern because all the aid and everything else that was given to them, all they did was build up weapons. Sure. And all that other stuff. Right. And there are sometimes, and I understand that there are peaceful people everywhere, mm-hmm. but when your fundamental ideas on the way things work, Mm-hmm. is the the fact to where the greatest thing that your kid can be is a martyr. And that's right. how these people think. You cannot yeah. equivocate that to the way that we think in Western culture. And I'm going to be honest with you. If, mm-hmm. if I was BB Netanyahu, mm-hmm. there wouldn't be a building standing left in Gaza. And mm-hmm. I would send every force we had in there Till every person that was a member of Hamas was eradicated and stomped to death like a dad blamed cockroach because that's all that they are. They're no better than cockroaches and they deserve what's getting ready to come to them. And if Iran wants to stick their nose in, I'm pretty sure Israel's got a nuke or two for their dumb asses too. Well, and you know, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna take a, a little bit more moderate position on this. Okay. Just a little bit. Now I am right there with you. I would, if if I were Bibi Netanyahu, I certainly would bring the rain. I mean, that, that's it. It would be you. I would introduce everybody that was a combatant to the term "hail of bullets." Okay, uh, and I think that's what it's going to take. Sadly, now, so I mean, again, the the it's it, Islam is intriguing to me. For the very simple reason, it's got some of the most beautiful pro or poetry. Po- I don't know if it's po- prose or poetry. I don't speak. Uh, I don't speak um, Arabic. Oh my goodness, Arabic. God, I, all I could think of was Armenian. I don't speak Armenian either. I don't know. Um, but and it has a tremendous amount of wisdom in it as well. But then it's also offset by being the only one of the Abrahamic religions. Well, I mean, my other problem is I am Christian, and uh, you know, while while Islam recognizes Christ, they recognize him as a great prophet. Oh, now, wait a minute, but, but wait they a minute, don't. They don't. They but, do recognize him as a great prophet, right. but they also recognize that Christ was dead and rose again and is Correct. coming back. Well, Muhammad. Mm-hmm. never rose again right. and is not coming back. So how is Muhammad a greater prophet? Also, the Quran tells of how Jesus breathed life into a clay bird. Muhammad yep. couldn't do that. Oh, I agree. He's just they some other bum dispute, in the damn neighborhood. As far as I understand, they also don't dispute the fact that, you know, Christ said 
unequivocally, I am the son of God. Okay. On more than one occasion. Right. And, you know, so I, I, again, I don't want to get into all of that stuff because I don't understand it. Well, I'm not a scholar on Islam and I, I, well, I, don't I mean, want to I mean, it's simple. But, Jesus didn't ever own slaves. Mohammed did. Correct. Uh, Jesus was born sinless. Muhammad was declared to be a sinner mm-hmm. because it says in the Surah 4055, therefore have patience. God's promise is surely true. Implore forgiveness for your sins and celebrate the praise of your Lord evening and morning. Mm-hmm. Um, we can go on and on. War and sure. like treatment of adversaries. Jesus was right. all for peace and love. Exactly. Uh, that was and, the point that I was getting to, is that Islam is the only one of the Abrahamic religions. And again, you know, we're talking Judaism, Christianity, and Islam are mm-hmm. the Abrahamic tra- the Abrahamic religions. Um, now, but of the three, Islam is the only one that says, you know, it it's all go it all goes against the end. You know, no, there's no crime that can be committed against an infidel. You can kill them, you can rape them, you can beat them, you can take their stuff. Doesn't matter because they're an infidel. They don't believe the same thing you do, and that's the only one. Now, I mean, the the both the Judeo Christian or both Jews, the Judaism and Christianity are they both tell you don't do to anybody else what you wouldn't want to have done to you, regardless of whether they are of your faith or not. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's the problem I have with Islam. That is the well, only problem. Well, let's bring up another problem while we're sure. talking about it. Okay. All right. Jesus wasn't married that we know of. Okay. He healed women, forgave women and encouraged women. Yep. Particularly, one of the most famous ones is when he the um, the men were there at the with the prostitute, the yep. and or he the, said, oh, okay, yeah. Well, and he, yep. yeah, and he, they were getting ready to stone her because she slept with some dude, and he's and he picked up the rock and he said, "I'll give my rock to the one of you that has not committed sin." To where Muhammad has commanded his male followers to beat the disobedient wives. He gave men the right to beat their wives who persistently disobeyed them. And according to Islam, that women might not even go to heaven because they will be a distinct minority there. So, and that's what's really I find amazing. Well, that's what I really find amazing is one of the loudest voices that are saying, we want Palestine oh, yeah. free and all this are these holier than thou right. women liberators. And I don't have anything against liberated women. That's great. Mm-hmm. But the thing sure. is, if you were running your mouth and lived in a Muslim country, they would have done thrown your ass off the top of a building somewhere. Oh yeah, Cause no, you absolutely. surely wouldn't be doing what you're doing here or there. No, absolutely. absolutely. You know, the story of the women liberators, right? Well, go, no, go ahead, please. All right. Well, Jerry, you know Jerry Clower. Yes, absolutely. Go ahead. Love Jerry Clower. Well, Jerry Clower told a, a good story one time. He said that he was going to t- some talk show, and also on one of those talk shows was the the main person at the time that was for women's liberation. Mm-hmm. And um, 
they had were tight. She came in the room. Jerry Clower stood up, was going to give her his chair, and she just berated him because he stood up to give her a chair and sat right in the floor to embarrass him. Okay. And he says, ma'am, she says, he says, ma'am, I wouldn't embarrass you for anything in the world. Mm-hmm. And she told him to sit down and all this other stuff. So, so, so they get to talking. He says, just, he says, I'm just trying to understand who are you trying to liberate? And she said, I am going to, at some point in their lives, I am going to liberate and touch the lives of every woman. Hmm. And Jerry Clower <laughs> was, and you know how Jerry Clower is. Yes, I do. I'm waiting for the punchline <laughs> here because it's likely to be a good one. <laughs> well, Jerry's sitting there and he says, well, he says, let me tell you about mama. He says, he says, mama don't have to get out of bed unless she wants to. I said that he, and she goes, she may have to get up at eight o'clock to unlock the door to let the woman in what I got hired to wait on mama. Mm -hmm. But she don't have to get up if she don't want to. Mm -hmm. And when she does get up Mm -hmm. and she decides she wants to watch one of them soap operas, She's got a TV in every room. She can watch it laying down, setting up, or propped up, whichever way she wants to watch it. Mm-hmm. And when Mama wants to go, of course, Mama is referring to his wife, not his actual Mama. Mm-hmm. And he said, when Mama wants to go to the grocery store or go shopping or get her hair done, she drives in a brand new gold Lincoln Continental. Mm-hmm. And he said, Ms. Woman Liberator, Mama don't want you messing with the deal she's got. <laughs> well, there's that there's there's truth to a lot of that and there should be truth to a lot of that. The biggest problem, one of the biggest problems we got today is that the federal government subsidizes women to make bad decisions. It used to be a woman really needed to make, you know, to to make some decent decisions about the man that she got connected with well now everybody now make, everybody's making bad decisions that's let's oh just... well no i i'm not saying that the, the men aren't as well but again it's just they they you know the government pays a woman and the laws are written so that the woman is she she is financially better off to become divorced than a man is and a man it's it's disadvantageous for a man to actually get married because immediately you are because, likely to lose half. Because of most of the time, else. whoever they marry ain't got no wrinkles on their brain. Well, and there's a lot of truth to that too. Well, but again, they make bad they make bad decisions. How many women have you known that have gone after these guys? Well, first off, they always try to date out of their league. Okay. They very they won't admit this, but there's never has there been a woman that thinks she is less than a five. Now they'll t- say, say there's men that are less than a five, but not as there's not a woman on the planet that well. I can tell you five. one thing: on this podcast, we ain't less than like nine point seven fives. But I mean, again, when you take a guy and you talk to him and you point out, he's like, "Yeah, you're you, you're a hard five, dude," and most guys are going to go, "Oh, that's kind. Thank you. I considered myself like a hard four, you know." Not me. Uh, a, a, a five with the appropriate beer goggles. And you know, that's the other thing. Beer goggles. I'm a 9.75, baby. 
Hey, dude, I'm listen. You rock on, brother. I am, uh, you know, I'm not. And see, harsh this, this, and this is this is what I they what a lot of times they don't understand. I'm gonna tell you that I'm gonna give you a scenario. Hit me. You're young, right? Not anymore. Well, I'm just saying. No, I'm just saying. I'm just it. saying we're young. Okay. Right. Okay. And we're going in them clubs where the girls like to get dancing and be all freaky and stuff, right? All right. And the young guys can't figure out why the old guys always pull and they can't. And they're a lot, but supposedly a lot better looking than the young guy, the older guy, and all this other stuff. But the older guy leaves every time with the woman, and the young guy's left there to go home with his hand. All right. And there's a reason why that happens. All right. The reason is the old guy's got a fatter wallet. And can oh, give absolutely. her a Mercedes, a mansion, and a pool, and the young guy can well, give her a pack of ramen. Well, exactly. The woman will always leave the peasant for the king, one hundred percent of the time. There's no doubt about it. But I mean, again, it's I'm gonna have to have a talk with my wife when we get off here because I think she's a gold digger. <laughs> <laughs> All righty, I'm gonna tell her you have opened my eyes. <laughs> Me. Oh, Lord, help me. That you have let me know that I am a king (laughs) and she needs to treat me as such. Well, now, again, though, I mean, if you look at the if you look at the good book, the good book says that, you know, of course, the man is supposed to be the leader of the household. The woman is supposed to submit to him. But he is to love his wife like Christ loved the church. Right. Okay. Now, you can't. That's love beyond what most people can we're not capable of that the only people the only things on this earth that are capable of love like that right out of the box is little baby puppy dogs well no absolutely they are absolutely but yeah and uh you know so i mean again the point but but yeah i don't know we got we we we're I'm not sure what rabbit hole we're in right at this particular moment. I mean, well, we're, 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 talking we're, about talk, we're, we're, we're still Lord, on Islam and the stuff going oh. on in Israel. But I, it's like there have been, there's never going to be peace in the Middle East. Never. No, I, I would agree. Mm-hmm. Until you go in and you say, look, and if Israel does not get rid of Hamas, at this juncture, mm-hmm. even let's say they decided to say, hey, we're going to overlook it, which would be kind of like us overlooking September the 11th. And we ended up occupying Iraq for 15 years, Afghanistan for 20 years and killed millions of people for the death of 3000. And we're going to lecture the Jews on relatively speaking, which is a greater percentage, because if you can do the percentages, it would be like 36,000 people dying comparative to population oh, no. on September yeah. the 11th. So Absolutely. who are we to criticize anything when all of the the bluster we took out on the world and the Muslim world and the Arab world mm. when they attacked? And, you know, I, I, saw an, I saw something today before, right before we came to start this podcast, and it was a, it was a uh, Muslim Arab lady. And I didn't catch her name, and for that I apologize. But she was at the Heritage, the Heritage Foundation, mm-hmm. and yeah. she's talking. Uh, evidently, I think she's responded to a question that somebody asked about why is it that most of the time 
the majority of whatever it is are peaceful, but everybody focuses on the radicals. Well, that's because the radicals are the ones that kick up a fuss. Well, well, what she said, here's what she essentially said is what ends up happening is in World War II, most of the Nazis, most of the Germans were peaceful people. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But the Nazis controlled the narrative. And so they were able to kill 40 million people. Well, that's like most of the most. She of said, the, "What eventually? Well, what eventually happens is, is most of the peace-loving people mm-hmm. become are made irrelevant because right. they're peace-loving people and go along to get along." Right. Yeah. So that's what I was going to say. Is most of the most of the people in America are relatively moderate, if if not more on the conservative side. Uh, reasonably Christian, if not otherwise spiritual, maybe Buddhist, something of that nature, uh, mm-hmm. maybe Jewish, you know, but regardless, but we're being controlled by less than 10 percent of the population that is into perversion and, uh, you know, money laundering and all of this corruption and all of this crap. They're the ones in charge. And there's a very small portion of the population that actually believes that that's the majority view. And that's the disturbing part about it. But the rest of us, like you said, are just trying to, we just want, yeah, again, this is one of the things, it was one of the favorite, one of my favorite things that I've seen is that, you know, it went through and, you know, the war is not between blacks and whites. The war mm-hmm. is not between homosexuals and straight uh, and heterosexuals. It's not between, men and women. It's not between the old and the young. Mm -hmm. The war is now and has always been between the people who simply want to be left alone to live their lives and those who refuse under any circumstances to leave them alone. Okay. But sooner or later, the ones that want to be left alone can only push back, will eventually push back. And when they do, you are not going to like it. Well, and the thing is, just like you were saying with with the Israeli Defense Force and Hamas, you can't. Uh, the, the, have you ever seen the movie Ender's Game? I believe it started out as a video game, maybe? Oh, I'm not sure. I've heard of Ender's Game, but I'm not sure how it started out. Well, so, the the but have you seen the movie? No, I have not. It is an excellent science fiction movie. I highly recommend it. And I don't want to spoil it for you, but there's a line in there at one point where they're asking somebody, you know, he, he, he that, that got into a fight and really pushed it. Why did you keep going? And he said, okay, well, he said, I, I, you know, it, it was something to the effect of you won the fight in the first five minutes. Why did you keep going? Okay. And he said that was to win all of the fights after that. Right. Okay. And again, that was the thing. That was a, one of the comments that I made because I do know one of those people that actually thinks that uh, the Biden administration was voted in by an actual majority instead of by corruption and, uh, and, and, and mailing balloting uh, fraud. Um, but at any rate, he, you know, we were, and you know, one of the things I was talking to him about that I lost track of in mid sentence, you know, 
he thinks things are going better than he had anticipated, which I thought was an interesting way to put it, that he had anticipated that it would be at this point. But I'm like, okay, so, you know, you were so worried about Trump being a warmonger and Trump having his finger on the button. How many new wars were started that with the potential of turning into global conflicts during the Trump administration? Zero. Yeah. But here we have the Biden administration is supposed to be so well, much and, better. Well, we have the Biden administration and we also are seeing a predominant arming of Hamas carrying oh, yeah. the same weapons our soldiers carried because they just left them all laying in Afghanistan. In Afghanistan, exactly. Yep. And yep. if it comes to light, and I know they said that no, no money been touched and spent, and I believe that, like, I believe that the sky's going to come and be pink with little rabbits falling out of it in the morning, that that $6 billion that they just gave to Iran did not go to help fund this. Well, but even if it, okay, now, and, and as a technicality, let's just for the sake of argument say that that $6 billion did not go towards armament. That $6 billion freed up $6 billion from somewhere else that could be spent on armament instead of whatever it was that it was mm-hmm. given, whatever that particular bribe money was paid to, uh, Iran for right. So, well, and this, you know, I got asked the question today uh, by somebody. I'm not going to mention any names because I don't want to besmirch them. Mm-hmm. And he asked me. He said, "Well, why would do you support Israel, but you don't feel that we should be in the the business of supporting and supplying Ukraine?" Well, and I said, "Well, okay. it, I, I said this is simple." Essentially, the Russians and the Ukrainians are fighting. It's army to army. They're fighting Mm -hmm. each other. The Russians ain't gone in and started beheading and burning the bodies of babies. Yep, exactly. Or paragliding into a music festival and killing Mm -hmm. 260 people by shooting them in the back. Right. I said, do not try to equivocate this with me. Because it's not anything that, and you know, I, I, I was sitting here f- scrolling through something as we were talking and they were talking about the protests and mm-hmm. stuff of various things. And I'm looking at the pictures they're sharing of these protesters for pro-Palestinians. And, you know, I'm, I feel bad for the Palestinian people, but at some point you have to say, well, you voted for these jerk offs yeah. and you continue to allow them to stay in power. Right. But the pictures are all primarily women. And their only reason they're having a voice here and able to protest is because if they did it over there, they'd kill them. Well, so, and the reason for that very simply is that women tend to reason far more based on their emotions. Among women, they don't generally, I mean, as a man, I was always taught that emotions and feelings are okay for an input to a decision, but that cannot be the only input into a decision because feelings are not facts. You can look at something, and feelings are the least reasonable uh, thing to make a choice based upon. You have to make your choices based on what the facts are, as a man, anyway. 
Mm-hmm. But women tend to be much more emotional about their decision making. And, oh, I don't like him. There are so many, I mean, so many people that I spoke to, women that were talking about uh, Biden. Oh, that man really cares. And I'm like, about who? <laughs> well, yeah. Not you. Well, then it's like if I didn't talk to everybody that I didn't like, I wouldn't talk to nobody, but probably you. Well, I appreciate that. It's a good save, sir. I thank you. But, uh, <laughs> we'll you thought, I, you thought I was going to be a little grumpy. Well, oh, I no. Mean, I, I just hear all this and I, I see all this and I'm sitting here and, you know, it, it, it's just, it's a shame we're at the point that we were at. But if you there, I, I, I will say this, when you, if you have ever been, and I don't think nowadays, um, we can appreciate um, the scale uh-huh. of. Let, let's just use, for example, World War Two. Right. Can, most of us can't imagine six million people. That's like the entire population of. Uh, some two or three states added together if you start getting further out west. Uh-huh. That's just in the Jews. That's not counting the Polish oh, yeah. and everything else. And when you go through there and you see how this stuff is, and if you stand with Israel, you're a fascist. Well, no, I know what the definition of fascism is. Evidently, you didn't pay attention in school, but I did. Right, and as you, it, particularly if you have an opportunity and you go through the Holocaust Museum, there's one thing that has stuck with me, and I don't know if this was for the Holocaust Museum or if it was something else, but there's a poem that is on the wall as you exit the main exhibit about the Holocaust, mm-hmm. and it, it has a lot of the shoes and stuff that were from the victims of the Holocaust. And on the wall, it has this in big, in letters on the wall and marble and steel. Mm -hmm. It says, we are the shoes. We are the last witnesses. We are shoes from grandchildren and grandfathers from Prague, Paris, and Amsterdam. And because we are only made of fabric and leather and not of blood and flesh, each one of us avoided the hell fire. Hmm. And if you start thinking about that and you start thinking about these people broke into, essentially invaded another country, uh-huh. took not took people that had survived concentration camps real concentration camps mm-hmm. took them hostage, killed them, murder them. I did think there was one that where they said at least one of them outsmarted them and kept giving them cookies and coffee until the police showed up and killed them. Mm-hmm. But you cannot say that the Palestinian people have ever endured anything like what the Jewish race has. No, not at all. Not at all. No. And another thing, another thing, well, right. And another thing they keep saying is the pal, I keep hearing from Palestinian sympathizers and Palestinian 
people that they had a right to that land and they were there first, which is absolutely incorrect. Mm-hmm. They well, ne- they never had it, they never had sovereignty even, over that land ever at mm-hmm. any point in time in history. They cannot give you not one year in the entire history of their people. Well, that and they ever had sovereignty and controlled that land. I understand. And that's the same argument that the South Africans have about the, oh, I forget what they call the, the farmers. Um, they have a word for them and I forget what it's called. The people that feed everybody. Well, yeah, but they, well, the, the, there, nobody was living in South Africa when the Dutch colonized it and built it up and, and industrialized it and turned it into living livable arable far livable arable farmland and then all of the people that moved in the hottentots that moved in down there uh started claiming well this was our land and you were you're colonizers and, and invaders and they weren't there now and again even even if they did have a even if they did have a historical claim as that being their homeland in some form or fashion, it's immaterial because they, I mean, it's sort of the, like the, the, the American Indians here. Yes, there were American Indians. There were, was a thriving, um, a thriving, you know, population and society and civilization and everything like that. They were mostly wiped out by the smallpox that mm-hmm. the uh, that the original conquistadors and explorers uh, brought with them. But the but this they are a conquered nation now, and that's how it worked back then, and that's how it will always work. Now, I mean, again, we're we're raised in the lap of luxury in the United States, so we tend to not look at it in that fashion, but you still, again, as a man, you understand this, and I understand this. I was prior, you know, I was in the military, so, mm-hmm. um, I mean, if you the only thing that you can lay claim to are the things that you are willing to uh, give your life to protect, right, and maintain. Okay, because if somebody comes out, you know, if somebody comes out and steals my car, okay, I've got a choice, and that is to escalate to whatever level it is that that vehicle is worth to me. Okay. Now people say, again, it's like that. One of the things I I love is, and I've been, I've often considered putting up that sign, one of those signs that says, you know, if you're going to break into this house, make sure you've gotten, you know, that you have, have spent your time praying and gotten your soul right with Jesus because you're going to meet him. Okay. And then people come back and say, oh, that's because your stuff is more important than your, than your life. And I'm like, no, my stuff is more important to me than your life. No, no. And it's not even my stuff. Right. Well, right. But it's not even about the stuff at that point. Yeah. No, they are. Yeah. If they're cavalier enough to break in. Right. They're cavalier enough to either have a weapon or do something else. And that point, my right to survival trumps your right to steal my stuff. No, absolutely. 100%. And again, a lot of these times, these people are, are armed and they are threatening your life and things of that nature. I mean, I think we need, whole- to, I think we need to do an episode one time to where we just actually sit down 
and contrast the differences between Jesus and Muhammad? I'm happy to do that. I'd have to do a little bit more reading to be up. Uh, you've, you've done significant more, uh, re significantly more research on Islam than I have. But yeah, I'm more than happy to well, do that. And, and I, I, but again, I don't even care about that so much the differences between Islam and, and Christianity. I think that would be an excellent episode. I'd love to have some people on here to talk about it. But you know what we what we've gotten away from is the understanding of just plain right and wrong. Right. Okay. And I, I don't and, care if your name is Biden or not. You should not be able to get away with breaking the law. I don't care if your name, you know, one, and I saw this the other day. I thought it was great. You are statistically more likely to be killed by a Clinton than an AR-15. But anyway, well, you know, that I will be. say uh, that uh, after living through the Whitewater scandal and stuff like that, I believe that. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, again, Vince Foster. Double right. tapped himself in the back of the head, but go ahead. And Jeffrey Epstein <laughs> hung himself. Yeah. What? Like yeah. drywall yeah. and Jeffrey Epstein. You got to love Senator Kennedy. Oh, yeah. Drywall Absolutely. and Jeffrey Epstein. What are two things that don't hang themselves? That is right. But we're running out of time on this episode, and I know we got a little heated. And I don't want to misconstrue it that we do not like peaceful people. The point is, at one point, peaceful people are made irrelevant by the idiots they allow to be idiots. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, again, that's why I think it's more important just to get back to basic right and wrong. Right. And I want to, right as we, yeah. as we go out and we look to the snout, to the curly tail, I'm going to leave a thought with you just as a comparison between Muhammad and Jesus. Sure. We learn in the Quran that Muhammad slept with a nine-year-old child. Mm-hmm. Sexually. Yep. And at what point, and Jesus said, protect the children, suffer right. them not to come unto the kingdom of God. Right. How do you reconcile that? I, I, I'm just, I'm just famous. And we're going to leave it there because I'm going to get ready to get my blood pressure up again. And my baby dog's looking at me like, <laughs> who do we need to go F up now? <laughs> Let's not do that, my friend. <laughs> Because the way I'm at today, I could catch a charge if the right person come along. <laughs> well, let's but, go ahead and cap it here then, my friend. That's the snout to the curly tail and everything in between. God bless Israel. God bless America. And stomp them cockroaches till they are extinct. And we gone. <laughs> Y'all have a good night. You've been listening to the Carolina Underground. Our passion is to talk about technology, history, media, politics, and how it's all changed over the years and affects our daily life as Gen Xers. We hope you've enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on Twitter at CarolinaUNDGRND. Hit the website at www.thecarolinaunderground.com. And if you've got questions or comments, send an email to info at thecarolinaunderground.com. Stay Gen X strong. See you next time on the Carolina Underground.